Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to New Heights Educational Group radio show. My name is Kaden Behan, your host, and welcome to the show on how to promote social and academic confidence in children. I do want to just first apologize if there's any background noise. I was having some issues with my phone earlier, so I do hope that those issues are resolved now and that you can hear me clearly. Before we begin our topic of this show, I have some announcements. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Now on to what we're talking about today. Um, what I wanted to... what I for the topic today was how to promote confidence in children and youth, both academically and socially. So first we're going to talk about why confidence in children is important and why it's a big deal for children to be encouraged to be confident uh, and how it affects their lives. So we're going to start off with an introductory uh, article by Maureen Dahili and tips for raising a can-do kid, and this article addresses why confidence is important and how it influences the lives of children and how they grow up and how they become successful. Sitting across the table from my aunt and uncle at a post-funeral lunch, my aunt blurts out, I wish my daughter was more confident. <clears throat> I think her eight-year-old seems happy but shy. There's nothing wrong with being shy, but I understand her wish for her daughter to really emerge from childhood feeling confident. So I began thinking, what is confidence? What is the root causes of confidence and how can we nurture it? Confidence actually can be derived from its Latin roots to be explained as with trust or with faith, which belief, with belief, which appears correct. A confident child displays a belief in his or her own abilities. Such as the belief, such a belief is developed over time, but hinges upon the ability to experience self-trust. So how much can a parent nurture such qualities in his or her child? I would say greatly. Children develop a complex interplay between their internal and external environment. Parents play an enormous role in the child's world. Children naturally look up to their parents for guidance, feeling good and learning how to behave and believe in this world. Some key points to nurture self-trust and confidence in a child are mirroring back to a child his or her positive qualities. For example, you can say, I'm very impressed with your painting, Jill, or, wow, you're quite skilled at putting that puzzle together. Consistent mirroring plants the seeds of confidence. 
Endless encouragement. This is a simple idea but challenging for many parents. For example, I was interviewed on a radio show yesterday, and my host told me that he was not supportive of his, of his son's wish to pursue music as a career. The role of nurturing a happy child is one of endless encouragement and believing in their dreams. Listen, their dreams will change, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Also, extend trust. Children pick up on how you feel about them. As you extend trust to your child, they begin extending it to themselves. For example, if you want the front of the house to look nice, you give the job to a 10-year-old Sally. You explain to her she is free to make it look nice any way she sees fit. For example, planting flowers, raking, painting the fence, or other options. You can also explain that if she needs help, you're available. Also address being self-as-skilled. Children need to see their own skills and feel like they can do different tasks by themselves. For example, Johnny took piano lessons and began playing more advanced songs quickly. The end of the year concert earned him piano medals and increased his ability to feel good about those skills and himself as a whole. He can now play much more easily in front of others. Challenge children. Is every child capable of feeling confident? The answer is yes. Are there situations where the cards are stacked against them? Of course. Unfortunately, too many children, one in five, grow up in situations where they have experienced trauma, abuse, or maltreatment. If this is the case, a child has a little extra work to feel well and then develop self-confidence. The good news is that it's always possible. With mentoring, education, therapy, and creative programs, so many children have learned how to feel good about their skills and eventually trust their abilities. Another key point is based belief, and trust. Confidence is built upon the activity to begin seeing oneself as skilled. A child's confidence is accelerated when parents or adults place their trust and belief in a child. A child will then mirror internally those beliefs step by step and day by day. A child develops his or her own self-confidence. So many famous individuals have explained that it is confidence that has propelled them to their level of success. Listen to a few here. Here are just some quotes that the author has included. Getting ahead in a difficult profession requires avid faith in yourself. In yourself, By Sophia Lawrence. Trust yourself. Create the kind of self that you'll be happy to live with all your life. Make the most of yourself by fanning the tiny inner sparks of possibility into the flames of achievement. Golda Meir. Once we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals human spirit, E.E. Cummings. Now we're going to talk about commitment. Every child needs at least one reliable, responsible adult who is connected to and available to them for for trusting them in the long term. Without this, children are unlikely to learn to trust or suffer the anguish of broken trust, learn not to trust again. This creates permanent damage to their ability to develop productive relationships, possibly including relationships with child care professionals and teachers. In addition, a child who lacks an adult to count on them and comfort them doesn't feel loved, lovable, and may not behave lovably. Because children have never experienced or absorbed compassion, they may not have any to give as an adult. A warm and caring adult can sometimes tip the balance between a child who learns and a child who learns to fail. Communication. Communication is a vehicle for intellectual development. Exchanging information, sharing feelings, and developing strong emotional bonds. A parent or family member who chats encouragingly with the child about many of the things he's doing, thinking, or feeling enhances the child's language development and helps them build confidence in their independence. 
boundaries. Reasonable and reasonably consistent limits help a child feel safe, feel like a good person, and feel likable. Usually a child will not strive to meet standards set by adults, will not curb their urgent impulses, and will not bother to make extra effort unless those standards are achievable for their developmental stage. They have to understand the limits and the likes and respects of the adult. Appreciation. A child's sense of self-worth is more likely to deepen when adults respond to a child's interest and efforts with appreciation rather than just praise. Excessive praise or flattery may raise doubts in children, many of which will dismiss an adult who heaps on praise as one who is not very believable. Coping strategies. You can help a child develop and maintain healthy self-esteem by helping him cope with difficult situations. Coping strategies include sharing, managing aid and anger, resolving conflict, and dealing with Next time a crisis occurs, they can use this knowledge gained from overcoming past difficulties, and it can build their confidence in how to cope with difficult situations in the future. Modeling. Essential for social learning, positive, confident, and effective role models teach children about the importance of becoming productive and caring individuals. It takes time to nurture children. They require lots of leisurely time with loved ones and with others who enjoy them. Parents, child care professionals, and teachers can play an important role in strengthening child's self, children's self-esteem by treating them respectfully, taking their views and opinions seriously, and expressing, expressing appreciation to them. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. And this information was taken from the National Association for Education of, the, of Young Children. Now we're going to move on to different ways in which you can encourage and foster confidence in your children. And the first way is to start early. Practice attachment parenting. Put yourself in the place of a baby who spends maybe hours a day in the caregiver's arms, is worn in a sling, breastfed on cue, and their cries are sensitively responded to. How do you imagine this baby feels? This baby feels loved. This baby feels valuable. Ever had a special day when you got lots of strokes and were showered with praise, you probably felt like a queen for the day and hopefully you behaved accordingly. The infant on, re- on the receiving end of this high-touch style of parenting develops self-worth. She feels what she feels. She likes what she feels. Responsiveness is the key to infant self-value. Baby gives a cue, for example, crying to be fed or comforted. A caregiver responds promptly and consistently. As this cue response pattern is repeated Many hundreds, perhaps thousands of times during the first year, the baby learns that the baby learns that their cues have meaning. Someone listens to me, therefore, I am worthwhile, and a stronger self emerges. Of course, you can't always respond promptly or consistently, and it's the predominant pattern that counts. You will have days when you are short on patience. Babies pick out the prevailing parenting style and form impressions. As a baby gets older, it becomes important for him to learn how to deal with healthy frustration, as this will teach him how to adjust the change. The important thing is that you're there for them. That's what the message on which the baby builds his sense of self. 
The confidence-building aspects that result from attachment parenting pay off, especially with high-need babies, because these infants are more intense, have more intense demands, and they are higher risk of receiving negative responses. When attachment parenting produces mutual sensitivity between connected parents and high-need babies, they learn to see themselves in a good light. Because of responsive nurturing, the connected baby knows what to expect. On the other hand, the disconnected child is confused. If his needs are not met and his cues are unanswered, he feels that his signals are not worth giving. This leads to the conclusion that I'm not worthwhile, I'm at the mercy of others, and there's nothing I can do to reach them. We also emphasize with the importance of early nurturing because during the first two years of the baby, during the first two years, the baby's brain is growing very fast. This is the period when the baby develops patterns of association, mental models of the way things work. The developing infant's mind is like a file drawer, and each file is a mental picture of a cue she gives along with the response she expects. After a certain interaction, the baby stores a mental image of what happened. For example, a baby raises her arms, and a parent responds by picking her up. Repetition deepens these patterns into the infant's mind, and eventually emotions, positive or negative, become associated with them. A file drawer full of mostly positive feelings and images leads to a feeling of brightness. His or her sense of well-being becomes part of the baby's self. Infants who get the feeling, get used to the feeling of well-being they get from attachment parenting spend the rest of their lives striving to keep this feeling. Because they have so much practice at feeling good, they can regain the right feeling after temporary interruptions. These secure infants cope better with life setbacks because they are motivated to repair their sense of well-being, which has become integrated into their sense of self. They may fall down a lot, but they are likely to wind back up on their feet. This concept is especially true for a child who is handicapped or seems to come into this world relatively short-changed in natural talents. Children who do not have this early sense of well-being struggle to find it, but they are unsure of what they are looking for because they don't know how it feels. This explains why some babies who get attachment parenting in the early years manage well despite an unsettled childhood because of family problems. Consider the famous case of baby Jessica, the two-year-old who, because of a legal quirk, was taken from the familiar and nurturing home of her adopted parents, whom she had known since birth, and given to her biological parents, who were strangers to her. She is likely to thrive because she entered a strange situation with a strong sense of well-being created by early nurturing. She will spend the rest of her life maintaining that feeling despite the trauma she endured. Playing catch-up. What if I didn't practice all those attachment styles of parenting, you may wonder. Don't be too hard on yourself. Babies are resilient, and of course, it's never too late to start building up your child's self-image. Getting to know your child and seeing things from his or her point of view will help you to help them to learn to trust themselves. This kind of nurturing cements together the blocks of self-worth and can also repel them. Still, the earlier the cement is applied, the smoother it goes on and the stronger it sticks. Additionally, play with your child. You learn a lot about your child and yourself during play. Playtime gives your child the message, you are worth my time, you are a valuable person. It is well known that children learn to play, learn through play. It improves child's behavior by giving him feelings of importance and accomplishment. Instead of viewing playtime as a chore, use it to make an investment in your child's behavior. Let your child, let your child initiate the play chore. Um, your, the play, a valuable learning principle that parents should keep in mind is this. An activity initiated by the child holds the child's attention longer than one suggested by an adult playmate. 
More learning takes place when the child chooses what to do. Child-initiated play also increases self-worth. For example, if Dad likes to do the things I do, of course you may be thinking, oh, no, not the block game again, or we've read that story 20 times. That's the ordeal of parenting. You'll get bored with the cat in the hat long before your child. If you want to bring something new to the old play activity, add your own new twists as the play continues. Stop to talk about the book. What would you do if the cat in the hat came to our door? Let's turn this block tower into a parking garage. Make your child feel special. During play, focus your attention on the child. If your body is with the child but your mind is on work, your child will sense that you have tuned out and neither one of you benefits from the time together. Your child loses the value of your being, being with him or her, concluding that they are not important. You'll lose the opportunity to learn about and enjoy your child and relearn how to play. I remember the fun six-month-old Matthew and I had our play circle. I sat him facing in front of me with a few favorite toys, mine and his, making a circle around him with my legs. This face contained him and provided support in case he, as a beginning sitter, started to topple sideways. Matthew had my undivided attention, and he felt special, and so did I. Making all those goofy baby noises is fun. Parents need play as well. Play is also an investment. Consider playtime one of your best investments. You may feel that you're wasting time stacking blocks when you could be doing something instead. Some adults panic at the thought and really have to struggle to be able to let go of their grown-up agenda. Of course, you don't have to play all day long, nor will your child want you to. What may seem like meaningless activity to you means a lot more to your baby. The most interest you show in doing things with your baby early on, the more interest your child will have in doing things with you when he is older. As your child grows, you can involve him or her in your play and your work since being with you is the best reward. Think of it this way. You're doing the most important job in the world, raising a human being. Another tip for how to encourage your child to be more confident, set your child up to succeed. Helping your child develop talents and acquire skills is part of discipline. If you recognize an ability in your child that he doesn't, encourage him. Strike a balance between pushing and protecting. Both are necessary. If you don't encourage your child to try, his skills won't improve and you've lost a valuable confidence builder. If you don't protect your child from unrealistic expectations, his sense of confidence is threatened. Beware of value by comparison. Children measure their own value by how they perceive others value them. In our measuring and testing society, children's skills and therefore their value are measured relative to others. Your child made that an exceptional point four on the sophomore team, but she'll feel inadequate in, if her teammates are batting point five. Be sure your child believes you value her because of who she is, not how she performs. Do this by giving her plenty of eye contact, touching, and focused attention. In other words, give of yourself regardless of how the game or achievement test turns out. Don't expect your child to excel, excel in sports or music or academics just because you did. The one thing your child can excel in is being him or herself. They must know that your love for her does not depend on the approval of your of their performance. That's a tough assignment for a parent who may have been raised to perform for love and acceptance. Additionally, help your child be home-wise before street smarts. Sometimes during your parenting career, you may run into the idea that your young child should be exposed to children with different values so that he or she can choose values for them. This may sound good or at least politically correct, but that plain doesn't work. 
It's like ascending it's like sending a ship to sea without a rudder or a captain. So you want to keep a kid friendly home. Make sure your home is inviting to your child's friends and establish a lovable home base so that way when your child goes to different children's houses and learns about their values, that they'll have a secure place to come back to and feel comfortable in having those values that you presented in your own home. You also want to monitor your school and monitor school influences on your child if your child is attending public school or private school or is not homeschooled. Schools can be hazarded to a child's emotional health. School choice, if you have one, needs to be carefully considered. That the connected child who enters school arena with peers from various upbringings and degrees of attachment will have set expectations that they may not find at school. Children meet the challenges of a new social group with different behaviors. If a child is securely attached to his caregivers and armed with strong self-image, they may not be—he may not be disturbed by these different behaviors. He may stick cheerfully to his own style of play, or he may be frustrated, creating stress on his emerging personality. If his self-confidence is shaky, a child may view aggressiveness or bullying as normal and make these behaviors part of himself or allow himself to be victimized. Around age six, when your child begins elementary school, other adults are influential in their lives. These are people who are around your child enough to influence him or her behavior and model values. Once upon a time, persons of significance in a child's life came primarily from within the extended family. But in today's mobile society, a child is likely to have a wider variety of peers and persons of significance. This means that today's parents need to be vigilant as to who is modeling what behavior to their children. And that is especially to for those who send their children to school um, and have issues with bullying, which we talked about in previous shows. Uh, we're running a little bit short on time, so I'm just going to sum up kind of what the rest of the article is talking about. And this is taken from AskDrSpears.com, which is a very useful website for parents who have questions about different things having to do with child development and how to raise children to be successful and confident. Um, and it has a lot of interesting art- articles on child psychology as well. But to sum up the last few points of ways you can encourage your child to be uh, confident is to give your child responsibilities. This shows that you trust your child and that you believe in your ch- children's ability to succeed in small household chores or tasks that are appropriate for their developmental stages. And this will encourage confidence in children. Also, you want to encourage children to express and not stuff their feelings. This will make them feel more comfortable when they're having feelings that are different than others because they can feel comfortable expressing these feelings without being chastised or criticized if you establish that accepting home base and that practice of expressing their feelings when they're feeling happy or sad. You also want to... um, Consider that you do owe your child self-esteem. This is one of the very um, big parts of being a parent is to establish self-esteem in your children, not only to help that to be safe and successful, but also to nurture their psychological development and being confident is one of the main things that can help them as they're growing up. Parents may misunderstand the meaning of self-esteem and feel that this is just one more thing that they are required to give their child along with regular meals and a warm winter jacket. But the guard against anything that may undercut self-esteem to the point where it becomes ridiculous. So you do owe your child self-esteem, but you do not have to 
constantly, for example, encourage all behaviors that they do. Obviously, as a parent, you're supposed to discourage some behaviors, not because you're trying to cut their self-esteem, but you're trying to keep them safe or establish values that will help them succeed in society. So every infant whose needs are met has self-esteem built in. Like an arborist caring for a tree, your job is to nurture what's there. Do what you can to structure your child's environment so that he or she grows strong and straight and avoid wilting away under tender branches. You can't build your child's self-esteem complement by complement, activity by activity. Parents are already overloaded with guilt because they may not be doing enough to foster the child's self-worth. You don't need a degree in psychology to raise a competent child. Much of parenting is easy and fun. Hold your baby a lot, respond sensitively to her needs, and enjoy your baby. Then sit back and enjoy the person whose self-esteem is developing naturally. So the conclusion that, you know, there's a lot of tips as to how to raise your child out there, not only how to raise your child to be confident and successful, but many other different ways that some parents may feel clueless or guilty or feel like they're not doing enough to raise their child in in the right way. But as we concluded, there's a lot of easy things that you can do to develop your child's self-esteem so that they can be successful academically and socially, and it's not particularly hard or time-consuming. Basically, play with your child, give them chores, show them that you value your child and that your child is not just a plaything. Um one of the things I think that was highlighted very well in the article is that you want to make sure your child is appreciated and heard and understood and taken seriously. I think that even really, really great parents sometimes have the habit of dismissing children, especially young children, for their ideas or things that may, they say that may sound silly. But as the article indicated, it's very important to respect your child's ideas so that they believe that they are indeed worth something and that can improve their self-worth as they go along in life and succeed in other aspects such as academic and socially. So just before we end the show today, I want to thank you for being here. I do apologize for some of the um, noise. We, Like I said, I recently went to college, and so it's a little difficult sometimes finding private space, but hopefully next time we'll have a little bit less interruptions. Thank you again so much for joining me today. Our next show will be on how to encourage your children to get interested in the arts and music. Please join us then again, and have a good evening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.